Well, welcome to the first episode of Behind Golf with me, Dan Hendrickson. In today's video and podcast, we're going to be having a catch up with Alex Etchers. Alex Etchers is shaking up to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. He's been in the game of golf for a number of years, a PGA professional. He's just moved back from Australia to Ireland. And I thought today we would catch up with him to find out a bit about his story. Let's go and see Alex. Well, I want to take this opportunity to welcome you, not just to the podcast, but the first one ever on the channel. Honoured. How do you feel about that? Honoured. Honestly, yeah, thank you. I could, I could cry. Are you a bit emotional about yeah, all that? Yeah, of course, that? I mean, mate. It might be the extra it's been an emotional bit, day. An emotional long day. Lovely day. Yeah, no, thank you. No, thanks for having us. Well, thank Close House for having us. Thank you, Close House. Because it's been uh, an adventurous trip for me to get here. Yes. Best part of seven hours in the car. For you, how long did it take you to get from Northern Ireland to Newcastle? A wee flight of... About, well, it was scheduled for 55 minutes, but it ended up being tailwinded at 35. <laughs> Lovely. So coming from Australia... Yeah, which um, is massive flights. Massive flights, two big flights to get over um, back home. It was quite weird to say we're departing, we're up, and then we're back down again. So yeah. it's up and then descent, and then, yeah, you don't, get, you don't get really get a chance to, to just drink your cup of tea, <laughs> and then you're back down again. So, Well, Alex, you've been, uh, you're a PJ professional, yes. but you were telling me this evening over dinner, 12 years you've been into the YouTube space yes. of creating content around golf. I kind of wanted to dive in a bit deeper today and just maybe start off, you know, where did it, where did the journey start for mm -hmm. you? And literally you've gone around the world to end up back here with me at Close House. Yeah. Is that a good thing? It's a fantastic thing. <laughs> it's well-traveled. No, it is. It is. Where oh. did it start for you? You know, golf is obviously, it's a big part of our lives. So what about for you then? Um, I suppose it starts from, from a hobby perspective. Um, my, my dad introduced me to golf from a, like five to seven years old, took me to the driving range, and I remember, even to this day, at five to seven years old, hitting balls. So there's obviously something there that I just fell in love with straight away. Um, played lots of sports, but golf was always the one that was in my mind. It still is. You know, yeah. you know what the game's like. You never yeah. stop, do yeah. you? So it was always there going, I don't think I can ever perfect it. And the fact is, we can't. So I got to a point when I was 15, 16 years old, and... I'd played a lot of football. I was a swimmer. Um, I was doing all sorts, and I picked golf over everything. I put everything to the side. My motorbike I sold for uh, Rufford Park right. membership as a junior. Wow. 150 pounds. Best 150 pounds I ever spent. So that was the start of it all, and then obviously you start off as a high handicapper. You get your handicap, you get your card. You see your junior captain, who's usually a single figure, and you look up to them. And I think it's always one of those progressive things where... You always strive to be better. There's always someone better than you. Yeah. And you always look up to the person that's better than you. So that's what started me off on the ladder. And I think this is why it's important for juniors because as soon as you get into the game and you get brought into a club, you've always got someone to look up to. Yeah. You know, so that was my start. And then it became, I never even thought it would be a career. I'll be honest, at no point did I think, I, realistically, I've always been. You know, I'm never going to be good enough to be on tour. But a career in golf, especially at that point as a junior, YouTube was not a thing. No, 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 for sure. So media 
you know, you've got your commentators at the time still, but that was really it. <laughs> and we knew golf only in the fact of TV. And if you were going to be a professional golfer, you were going to be playing golf on TV. Oh, I, no, exactly. There yeah. wasn't another yeah. avenue in there, golf there was as nothing far as I'm concerned. Yeah. No. So from there, um, fell in love. I had my today, t- today golf, is it? Today's, golf today's golfer. Yeah. I got every month. I was like reading it from front to back, back to front, taking all the tips in. Just I could not consume enough golf. Oh yeah. So I, I, it makes me sad thinking about it now because I, you grow old and you, you know I'd love to have that sort of fire still because it was just a different level. Still love the game. I do, but then it became a thing of you meet somebody else who's county level, and then you start wanting to be a county level player and then from county then it's like oh maybe there is a job and then someone turns someone that you know from county turns assistant yeah and you're like oh what's this and you go and you th- you look into the avenues of maybe going to us for college or you do an assistant you know apprenticeship and uh i was a lifeguard as part-time right to get my money for my to pay for my pga wow yeah and uh Yes, basically from there I worked in a company called Golf Support, did my apprenticeship there, um, my assistants, and well, yeah, really from from a from a PGA perspective, that was, you know, that's where it all went from there, really. And talk about your junior days and growing up, and I always think this is quite important because there's lots of kids out there that watch or parents that watch. Did you go through what I call these barriers? So. I remember the days when I first played for my junior team at, at Churston and how nervous I was trying to play in that match. And then <coughs> and then I got picked to play for the men's team yeah. version of that. And I remember how nervous I was in that. And then and then I got picked to play for the junior county team. And I remember how nervous I was. And then it got into the senior team. And every time you go up a level, it makes you feel that much more comfortable when you're playing with the junior team uh-huh. or the senior team 100%. or the county junior team yeah. and then the county team. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Uh, no, Do you have the same feelings well, I yeah, had? Absolutely. And I think as well with that, with what you're saying, is the the lifelong lessons that you get from it as well, like public speaking, yeah. junior captain, you have to do a little speech. Yeah. You had no choice. In it, and I used to dread it, and I'm yeah. sure many juniors did, because you, that's the first... never happened at school, really. Yeah. It was... You had to do a speech, thank who you were playing with, the club, the dinner that sort of stuff, and being a suit. And it was a very, looking back, it's a very traditional way of growing up. But one of my best friends, when I was 16, still one of my best friends now, was like 60. Name another sport where you've got a friend. You know what I mean? It's such a weird concept when you think about it. So, And I still keep keep, keep in touch with them, and I I always like thank them because Mick Gwynn, I'll give you a shout-out, Mick, um, he opened arms as a junior got me involved and corrupted me as well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mickey. But in a good way, the, the fact that it was all a grown-up... I, I was, like, exposed to a lot of grown-up yeah. chats at a young age, but I grew up fast, I matured up, I matured. But like I say, it's there aren't many sports in the world where you can be a junior and you're playing for the same team, maybe in a different category, like a senior and a junior, but you're all in it together. Yeah. And I, I love that. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it really is. It yeah. really is good. And I think I think most most of us that go into the PGA program, I think we've all gone through those same avenues. Yeah. Um, and experiences together. Yeah. In in some way, shape. No, or form. absolutely. Um, and then and then obviously when it comes into the when you move into the PGA, 
and from your point of view, moving into the PGA, you kind of you have this. There's what what's what I love about the PGA is you've got so many different avenues that you can go into. You can, if you want to go down the road of being a head pro and a retailer, that's an option for you. Um, you can still do the playing element. Yeah. You can get into your repairs. You can get into your coaching. You can become fitters. There's so many different avenues of a career within the game of golf yeah. that you can specialize in those. Was there an area of the game within the PGA that you kind of thought, I kind of like that, and I'm not, not getting to the filming side of it yet, but was there a bit in there where you thought, mm, I just kind of, I want, a pin, I want a bit of that in my life? Yeah, I, to be fair, part of the PGA, well, the majority of the PGA programme, um, aside from the nights in Birmingham. Yeah, Bel Air. <laughs> uh, Bel Air, no, no, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, apart from that, I mean, I enjoyed every aspect. My least probably my least favorite was probably repairs. Yeah, but usually it's because I'd had a big night in Birmingham <laughs> and the smell of like yeah, the, you know the, all the smells yeah. and the white spirit. Oh yeah. no, thank you. So that gives you a bit of like bit, bit of a feeling when you think about that. But um, lo- always love like the biomechanic side. Yeah. Always love the coaching side. And I think I, I don't know how what it's like now in terms of the PGA. I know it's changed quite a bit, but at the time, like you say, you, you did everything. I mean, I remember doing role play of selling, yeah. selling like Mars bars. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, you do everything. So you do the business side and all that sort of stuff. I enjoyed rules. I thought the rules was always important. But I, I think learning, trying to learn it from top to bottom and being the best possibly could be because if you're going to go into a head pro role you want to have the knowledge to be able to answer the question immediately yeah so I, I always wanted to if I ever had a head pro role which I won't and I didn't but you want to be that person again someone that you look up to where they're going to come in on the weekend medal and go oh Bob just kicked his ball blah 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 what's the rule this is the rule yeah. and not have to well not like Google it, I suppose. But I think Google even was a big thing then. Yeah, yeah, Sounds yeah, so old. Sure. But for me, <laughs> like for me, I, 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 what I loved about being the head pro, should we say, is I could, I could tap into different areas. So if I wanted to focus a bit more on the retail, I could. Yeah. If I wanted to get out and play a little bit more in pro arms or with members, I could. I could coach when I wanted to. I could fit when I wanted to. I could do the repairs of what. Yeah. And that's the great thing about being a head pro is that's you get wonderful. to cover everything about the game that you love. And the rules are obviously a big part of that as well. Um, was that something that you kind of focused on? Was it head pro that you thought, oh, I'll go and be a head pro now I th- that I know a bit about it? I think when you do your PGA, I think head pro is always... Because <coughs> you, you, my coach was a head pro at the time, James Thompson. Yeah. If you know James. Yeah, I do. Um, I love James, like, from a swing perspective, like, even now, I'll send him a video and be like, sort this out, yeah. you know. Going into Ed Pro, I think, yeah, that was something I looked, I, I wanted to do at the yeah. time. But then there was, then I saw people could be master. People could be advanced professionals. Yeah. And then, I think with part of the PGA, they throw that around because, you know, this is the, this is the, where the bar is. Yeah. This is where you, where you can be. Um, but I think, I mean, Ed Pro is, a great job, like you say, because every day is different, yeah. and you're you are in control of what you want to get involved in. Yeah. So even though my careers turned out very different, um, I would still happily be in a head pro role. What was it about <coughs> YouTube 
and let's not even take YouTube because YouTube is still relatively young in 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 what's going on with it at this point. In two thousand and five, I think, is when it first started or kicked off. You know, twelve years of let's say filmmaking, content creating, um, making videos of clubs and reviews and golf equipment and things like that. What was it that inspired you to do that? How did you get into that? Um, I want to say it was something really special, but it, it wasn't. It was a rep came in with a current, well, a new Cobra driver, which was yeah. under embargo, which as an assistant was pretty cool in itself yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'd always loved, again, today's goal for looking at the new equipment. And the fact I got to see equipment before it was released was a big deal for me at the time. So he... He passed me the club, so I have a hit, and it, I just hit this drive, and I think it went over 300 yards. He ended up sending it to all the guys in Cobra Puma, um, and I stuck it, I think actually I stuck it on YouTube to be able to send them the link. Oh, so you actually filmed that? Yeah, it was filmed on a, it's, a, it's, 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 it's on the internet. It's on somewhere. the internet. Um, vertical. Okay. Terrible quality, like an iPhone Three, maybe four, ones. yeah, and uh, it's just me veneering in young Al, <laughs> it's horrendous, yeah, like blonde streaks, I think, in my hair, and uh, just hit the shot. And the guy was commenting, commentating in the back, and was like, Wow, it's gone miles, sent it to all the guys. I uploaded it on YouTube because it was a bit like a Dropbox at the time, right? And they, they then they could send that link around internally, and then I just put, put it as public, and it got like a thousand views. Which I remember at the time was like that's madness, but YouTube was that young. Anything over three hundred views, it said three hundred and one plus. Oh wow! So if you had thousands of views, you never you only you knew, never actually knew. No. So there was a I think it was like a there wasn't a studio at the time, so you couldn't see like even at the back end. But Commerary found out. I think it was like a homepage where you could see exact views, but from a public perspective, on the front, it was three hundred and one plus. Right, that was all you all you saw. So it could be a Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast video, three hundred and one plus, um, which was mental to think about. But it, that just started. I had no confidence in front of camera. That well, um, and a, anyone that starts out, and you, you you probably get messages as well about starting out YouTube and yeah. saying I don't feel comfortable. You don't feel comfortable yeah. about the situation. And I remember being so nervous, and it is definitely in the same category as public speaking. Mm. Because you're not talking to anyone. <laughs> and it's weird how you get to a point where I feel more comfortable now in front of a camera than I do... In front of people. In front of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just weird how it works. Yeah. You know, I can talk to a camera better than I can a person. Um, but yeah, it, it, different products came. Nike Covert. I, I, I said something in that video. I was like, Hi. <laughs> I'm Alex. You, <laughs> you actually know? spoke. I spoke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alex from the Nike Driver. <laughs> Um, and it and it hit, it, hit, it went miles on yeah. the, on the foresight system and that did well. And at this time, there's a handful of people doing it. Really, you know, you got your your OGs, but yeah, it it it, it progressed from there and confidence built a little bit more. I think I started with one of my friends was co-host. Yeah, we said like a few words. I remember it's so awkward because it's like, oh, so this is the trusty rusty wedge. You'll go. <laughs> yeah, 52, 56, 58, and 60. Available. 
S grind, <laughs> you know, and it's like price, you know, it was just so bad. It is it, again, it's on there um, if you want to see it, but it, it, and I don't, I'll never delete it because it, no, why not? Well, I can't, leave it. but leave I wouldn't it. because it, it shows you how far you've come, yeah. and it also shows you that nobody's confident straight out of the, out the bat. Everybody, Mr. Beast, you, you're yourself, 100%. I just compared you to Mr. Beast, thank you. Um, Everyone's got to start somewhere. Yeah, that is the reality, and you don't just get you. you you're not just comfortable in front of a camera. You've just got to do it. And going on from that, then, <coughs> so you then move like so. What made you? Wh- why did you end? How did you end up in Australia? What was this, what was the kind of story there? And then how did you <coughs> continue on your your journey in YouTube out there? It's weird because I am a Mansfield boy. So I was born in Mansfield, but I never felt like I was meant to be in Mansfield. Yeah which is quite odd to say. But my mum said the same thing, and I thought that was quite weird because we never spoke about it. And she's like, I don't feel like I should have been born here. But you don't choose. You're born somewhere. But my dad, I lived with my dad at the time. I think I was 17, 18 years old. And uh, he just turns around to me and is like, Al, probably in, you know, best part of a year, you might have to move out. I was like, why? Me and my dad, we're we're very close. And he just says, oh, I'm going to Australia, him, him, him and my stepmom. I was like, oh, okay, what, a holiday? No, I'm selling everything. And I'm going. And I'm going. And he's never visited. And I'm like, oh, he's never been to never Australia been to, Never been to Australia. Right. Been offered this big mining job. Okay. Um, so in Western Australia, mining, it's like a, it's called FIFO, fly in, fly, fly out, and it's big money. Yeah. Rather than social hours, you'll do seven uh, seven days on, seven days off. Yeah. So you're seven days away from home north, and you come come back seven days. I was like, you sure you, you sure you want to do that? It's like, well, I'm doing it, you know. And uh, my dad won't mind me saying it, but my dad talks uh, talks a lot about doing stuff, and never not always does it. It's like I'm the same. Um, but yeah, look 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 no further. Got this job. His his mate got him the job. Stayed with his mate for a while, and. Uh, he just said to me, he said, you'll love it out here, Al, it's, it's amazing. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure I will. I was like, bothered, if I'm honest. Like, it's a long way yeah. <laughs> for your holiday. And had you been to out to visit dad. him at that point? Yeah, so we went out. Um, my girlfriend at the time came with me and my little brother at the time. <laughs> Not little anymore, but we all went out. And I, as soon as I got off that plane, I felt like I was at home. Oh, wow, did you? Yeah. And it was it was a bit of a contrast because it was December, so it was December weather here and the December yeah. weather in yeah. Australia is a huge contrast. So it was like black and white to colour, and uh, I just I remember feeling homesick leaving Australia after two weeks, and I thought, so this is not this is weird, it's a bit odd. It's not everyone's cup of tea, like not everyone's going to go to Australia and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but I realised then this was a kick in the gut. Was I was too old to go on my dad's visa okay my little brother got citizenship immediately oh wow did he right so i was over this 18 threshold of getting citizenship so i was devastated i, I remember having like mental health issues i just didn't want to be in mansfield anymore yeah yeah, yeah. you'd seen seen the light yeah such. well this is mid pga as well so i'm like heads are all over the place yeah and uh i just said dad there's got to be a way of me getting over and he's thinking of these different things of like you needed a skill i'm not even a done my PGA at this point so I actually messaged a <coughs> um, couple of years down the line still wanted to do it um, 
And then I went back out on holiday um, on my own this time. Split up with a girlfriend at the time. And uh, I sent a few messages messages out because I was like, I just want to live here. But I've got to get myself sponsored. And I messaged a company called Golf Box um, just out of the blue. And uh, one of the head guys responded and said, do you want to come down and have a chat? I was like, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll come down. This is three days before I leave back to the UK. So I'm getting upset because I'm leaving my dad, my yeah. stepmom in Australia. Yeah. And he just says, um, yeah, come and have a chat with us. So I went I went down, showed him all my... T- at the time, felt like good videos. I look back at them now, horrendous. But they not had it. They didn't have any Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Yeah. So they're quite behind in the social stuff. And did that's they know what, that's about what I did. it? Did they know about it at the time? <clears throat> Were they aware of what was going on? I think so, but it was more... Do you ever get to that point where it's like I d- we don't want to pay for someone to do something that you're not you're not going to get don't any know, don't know the return you, you don't get any return yeah. not not immediate return yeah. it's easy to track so it's more of an exposure um, but the guys were really switched on and they were like look we want you we can't guarantee that you're going to get sponsored which is what I really wanted but bearing in mind this was December can you come out in June so I'd gone from being like I don't want to leave Australia to I'm going to have to leave the UK in six months yeah. So I felt so homesick leaving the UK. <laughs> so it's gone from one one end to the other. And uh, anyway, fast forward, worked at Golf Box, um, did a great job. Obviously, a couple of months in, they wanted to sponsor me. And then I got severely depressed about missing the UK. So, uh, this is the thing. Amazing. Uh, grass, is never, not, grass is not always greener. greener yeah. But then a month later, a couple of friends, a few beers and... Writer's rain, yeah. you know, and I, I, I miss Australia, I still do. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those where it's always my home, um, citizen, so you've always got that freedom of my, well, my dad's there, so I've always got the chance freedom of going, go yeah, go back and do content, especially. And, and, <coughs> and that's really where you took off, isn't it? With regards to your YouTube side of things, you know, you, you were working for um, your company out there and then you went on your own, yeah. I mean, uh, Golf support, we had, I think, 1,300 subscribers. Yeah. Which at the time, I want to say Rick probably had 50,000 subscribers. Okay. Me and my golf were the big dogs. Mark Crossroad, obviously, was a big dog. Yeah. Um, and we all got invited. Chris Ryan was actually quite big as well. We all got invited to RSI, Taylor Made Irons. Okay. At Wentworth. And that's where I thought I was in the bubble of, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm with these people. But that was my first channel. Four channels later, I've taken it seriously. Well, f- sorry, five channels later, um, it becomes my own channel. I take it seriously. And okay. there's always that question of what if I would have had my own channel from the beginning yeah. and, and I would have taken it seriously. But I can't, th- I can't think of it like that. Um, but I don't regret a single thing. And like you... The day we stop enjoying it is the day we stop making content. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it, it was definitely it, it was it was it was a big it was a big thing for me moving moving channels. But it, it was never taken seriously. I'd say until it was golf box. Yeah, you know that was the point where it grew pretty quickly. We had a few releases. I had a few embargoes. I had <clears throat> and my content is obviously to try and have a bit of fun, yep. entertaining edge. Um, you either like it or you don't, but that's the whole idea. It was just trying to catch. It's like a safety net of trying to catch people that 
want a bit of fun. The golfers do want a bit of fun. They don't want to take it too seriously, something light-hearted to watch. Or maybe my big hope is to catch a non-golfer yeah. and go, this is an entry point of coming into the game. It's not that serious. You haven't got to wear goofy pants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Not always, anyway. Um, so that's my passion, really. I, I still like to think I make a difference. You know, there's someone out there that's probably started the game because of me. Or got back into the game. Or got back into the game because of me. You get messages and it's lovely. It's like, yeah. that's the bit that really does make it for me. And it makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Golf Box was the big turning point where it's like, look, I could probably do this as a job. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. The rest is history. So moving on a couple more years then, um, now you've got kids in your life. <laughs> You've moved yourself back, moved the family <coughs> back, um, started in England, gone to Australia, now in Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. which is now where you call home. Y- yes, that that in Australia, I call yeah. both those home. Um, yeah, it was a big decision. Yeah, um, We've got a, an amazing family in Northern Ireland. Um, I adore my parents, but my in-laws. Not everyone can say that they love their in-laws. I adore my in-laws. Yeah. So I've got my in-laws, I've got my sisters, my brothers, uh, my class of sisters and my brothers. Um, my best mates and my brothers, brother-in-laws, we've got like a four ball, we go out for beers and that sort of stuff. Um, so very lucky. So that part of it was not difficult moving back. Yeah. Um, I know Ish, my other half, she was getting pretty homesick. So it was a tough one. If it, if it was, honestly, if it was country for country, it's a no-brainer for me. It's Australia. But selfishly from a content perspective it's so far away we can't do this yeah we can't just say oh you know do you want to even though it's still a little flight it's still 30 minutes on a plane yeah yeah um and i just felt so far away so i just i thought if i'm going to take this seriously i don't want to regret anything in a few years and be like if i'd have just moved back and got more involved in it yeah so we just bit the bullet and now you're based at hollywood golf club the home of Rory McIlroy. Is that, is that right? Ronald. So home of Rory McIlroy. Yes. Have you had the chance of meeting him yet? No. But does he spend any time there? He does. Yeah. He does. Um, to be fair, that was people like. I am a huge Rory fan. I am. That aside, but that was not the reason I joined Hollywood. Um, Hollywood has got a system there that allows me to when the weather is. Of course, terrible. Yeah, many a lot of the time in Northern Ireland, it gives me a chance to go inside. It's one of the very few, I said, state of the art facility. Yeah, it's a great facility. So it are. gets me. It will get you over. Um, they've got everything. The gym, you know. Don't know what that is, but yeah, you go in there. <laughs> I've walked past it a few times. It looks great <laughs> through the window. Um, now I've got to go in there. I've been. I've promised the guy you've some done, fitness some, content. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. great. Um, but walk past there. Um, but if you look at it, pound for pound, it's one of the best performance centers I've seen thanks yeah. to Rory obviously obviously invested into it but it'd be a dream to meet him I'd be it'd be a dream to play with him but I don't want to be this weird I, I feel like I'm in a position where I'd like to work with him rather than fanboy over yeah, him yeah for sure so but the, the, all the families there um his best mates one of his good friends is, is the pro there that I have a lot to do with and uh yeah I think in time I'll, I'll well, a pass will cross. Absolutely, yeah. But it's not the reason I'm there. No. And where is where are you at the moment with YouTube? Is it are you in a good? Do you feel <coughs> like you're in a good place with it? Do you are you uh, still 
driving forward to get to that silver button mark. Yeah. What that, what, what's the what's what's the goal for you? What do you want to do? We were chatting over this over dinner, weren't we? Yeah. I, I I feel that it's a very tough space. If we're being completely honest, it's a very very tough space to be in mentally. Yeah, it's a very tough space to be in. And when you're balancing my own fault, kids moving, it hasn't been my priority. And I feel at the moment now, YouTube needs to be a priority. Yeah. If you want to take it seriously, it's got to be at the forefront of your mind. You can't just put it to, on the back burner because you're moving countries, you're having kids. Yeah. So it's very nice and all, but YouTube's a business. So I think <laughs> kids established, getting there now. So I feel like the next couple of years are going to be very big for me. Um, silver play button... I'd be lying if I didn't say I wanted it. Of course you do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like it's a very small percentage actually get to that spot to be able to have a silver play button. Um, I was speaking to like Robbo, for example, who's way, way past that. And I've got to, people like that I admire because he stays motivated, even though he's, he's a long way away from the next play button. Yeah. But it's having that motivation because I, I can just imagine now what happens when you take over to 101,000. Are you still going to have the same hunger as you did at 99,000 wanting to get the play pushing, button? Pushing. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, do I move into something else? I don't know. Um, it's one of those things where you just... It's ever-changing. It it's is evol- forever, And yeah. it's actually evolving very quickly, isn't it? It is. Um, it's hard, it's, it is hard. It is hard to keep up with. And, you know, you've got many people that want to be a YouTuber. You've got many people that want to be a golf YouTuber. And I think on paper... Look, we're very lucky. Like today, we played close house. I said to you, didn't I, in the in the car? Like, what a pinch me moment that yeah. this is our as our job. But the reality is, this video needs to do well. Yeah. Otherwise, we don't get paid. Correct. So, as fun as it is on the golf course and we're having fun with my mates, at the end of the day, we need to put bread on the table. Absolutely. So there is that aspect of pressure, and then the out of ten. Ranking them, not everyone probably sees. Nobody gets to see that apart no. from generally the people either making videos themselves um, or working in YouTube channels might keep an eye on it, but it's something that we watch and all the time. Right, okay, throw this on you. It's your interview. Mm-hmm. How much does that affect your mood out of 10? <clears throat> a 1 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 video? For anyone that's listening to this, yeah. so we, we do videos... Hi. <laughs> we'll, we'll upload a video, and then within 30 minutes, our videos get put on a pedestal out of the last 10 yeah. of where it's ranked in time, and then forever it goes on. So I was saying to Dan in Australia, this used to happen. My upload time was 10.30 at night, yeah. and I used to sit awake for the first 30 minutes to see where this ranked in the top 10. It's a terrible mental health tool. We've said about this, it's, it's really not good for creators. And uh, if it was 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, you would lose, I'd lose sleep, honestly. Because it, it's not so much like it's a bad thing, because the worst part is it could get better. Yeah, yeah, of course it could, yeah. But you look at the first 30 minutes yeah. and you just judge yourself. And, and, and it does. And I think, I, I, if, I'm, if I'm brutally honest, if a video is outside the top two, if it's not number one, it's not number two I'm a little I'm starting to lose oh, yeah. a little bit of focus at that point and and even and, and certainly if it's going in at number six or worse 
I'm starting to look at titles, thumbnails, I'm checking tags, I'm checking everything that's going on. With yeah. it. And then, you know, if it's down and very low within a couple of hours, I'm certainly changing something pretty quickly. No, no this is the thing, and uh, this is what I was saying. In, um, if you look at it as well, it's your last 10 videos. So if you had 10 big videos. Bangers, yeah. And sorry, nine big videos, and your tenth is just a little bit worse, and it's yeah. ten out of ten. Yeah, it's still punishing, but it's really hard to it's really hard to gauge your success on that because everyone's going to have bad videos. Because if you didn't have bad videos, what are your good videos? That's the point. And I could sit here and say if you're a creator, ignore it, but I can't. So. And, and the problem with it, yeah. though, and, and I know we're digressing slightly here, but I I do think that. You know, I look at it as well and I go, do you know what? I'm, 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 I was actually really happy with that video. Like, you know, I know how much time I spent and I know how much effort and time mm. that you spend on your videos and you're very, you're very much like me where you'll just keep watching it and watching it and watching it until you think it's right. And that on its own is its own, pl- uh, has its own problems. Yeah. But as long as I can walk away and go, I'm very happy with that video. Okay maybe I've got the title wrong or maybe that thumbnail didn't quite catch the eye of what I was trying to say about the video. I can at least hold my head up and say that video was as good as I could have made it. Yeah. yeah. That, that I think if you can hold on to that, yeah. it can at least give you a little bit of, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. We used to have videos where we'd fil- finish filming Tommy and I um, on the course and I'd turn around and go, this is a banger. And yeah. as soon as I said that, we knew it was going to be pants. <laughs> you know, know my, I stick t- to yeah. this day. I've, two of my favourite videos I ever did was um, the Bushnell Wingman. Yeah. Good and the um, Bigfoot Wedge, where I dressed up in a Bigfoot suit. Yeah, yeah, so I bought yeah. this $200 Bigfoot suit. And trust me, it didn't make that in revenue. Um, <laughs> and it just completely flopped. And I made, and I, I still stand, stand to this day and go, that was a great video. Yeah. No one does that in the golf world. And I'll, I'll, I'll stand by it all the way through. I think if I keep mentioning it, it might do well in views. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll people will go back and watch it. But yeah, it's, fuck. Yeah, it's, it's just hard. hard. It's a hard. It's a hard graft. It, really it, is, it, hard it graft. is. But again, don't understand negative. The positives are unreal. Yeah. Because we get to have a, Oh, it's dead soppy, but we get a, we get great communities. Yeah. We get to meet new people in the comments. Um, I've taken it to Discord, and I've even spoken to a few on a few phone calls and stuff. Um, I made some great friends through it as well, and my I think my favorite part, and I will stop doing videos if I st- if I stop enjoying this, is having the blank canvas. So. New new product comes out, or I've got some sort of idea. It's how far can I turn this into an entertaining? Yeah. I, I I love that. That's my favourite part of the whole thing. Uh, maybe a bit of editing as well, but it's having, yeah, it's having that. What can we do with this sort of club or topic yeah. Yeah. to make it hopefully fun? And that's what it's got to be fun. Yeah. Well. I just want to take this opportunity to thank you for taking the time to coming on to this channel, yes, sharing you. your story, because it is a fantastic story. Thank you. Um, and we wish you all the success with it, because I know you're heading in the right direction with what you're doing. Where can people find you if they want to go and find you on YouTube and your social media platforms? So it's just um, at Alex Etches Golf. It should pop up on YouTube, I think. That yeah. works, doesn't it? I think, yeah, yeah, yeah you've got your, your tags, and then social media is the same, Alex Etches Golf, and right. pop up in different places. Al, thanks again. <laughs> thank you, and, mate. Uh, I'll catch up with you again 
on the golf course. Yes. Thanks for watching. Thank everybody. you, mate. Cheers.